Welcome to the Six Hats podcast, where I, Dr. Shami, a lifestyle and nutritional medicine family doctor, will talk about how women strive to find balance each day by juggling their six roles, being a woman, mother, daughter, partner, business owner, and professional. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Six Hats podcast. I'm really excited to have Sandra Harwood join us today. And you may remember her from our previous seasons. She was honored and we had an amazing discussion. So I had to invite her back. And for those who don't remember, Sandra is an educator, counselor, coach, and author. And she also runs Women's Circles here in Melbourne. So welcome back, Sandra. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be back. Thank you. I'm so excited. So Sandra, we have to talk about this topic that we need to share this. And it's all about how we can step into different roles. So victim, hero, and villain. And you're so right, because when we really think about how movies are made, stories are created, it takes on those three roles. So are we actually taking on those three roles in life? And is that having a negative impact on us? And that's what we're going to dive into today. So Sandra, I would love to first just elaborate For those who are not aware, give us some examples of what are these three roles in our daily life looking like? So we look for it outside of our body often, looking at it. If you're driving and someone cuts you off, all of a sudden they become the villain. Oh, look at that person, they've cut me off. Or if someone lets you in, oh, what a hero. Like you may not use that terminology, but oh, look, that person's so kind, they've let me in, I really appreciate that. And then if you do get cut off or something, then you might feel like a victim and think, oh, wow, these people have no consideration. So we project that out into the world with the way that we interpret situations. And what we don't maybe realize is that's like three parts of our inner critic. So our inner critic might be broken up into the villain the hero and the victim. So let's say I'm getting my daughter ready for school and I'm being the hero. Come on, up you get. I've made your lunch. I've done this. I've done that. I'm all excited. And then she's struggling to get up. So then all of a sudden starts escalating. And the next thing you might be having to raise your voice or quicken her up, hurry up and be impatient. And then all of a sudden you go from being the hero to the villain. And it's like, oh my goodness. Now I'm looking at her and she's looking at me like, why are you rushing me? I need time. And then if it escalates even more, I start feeling like the victim. She's not helping. So all of a sudden I'm projecting like this villain onto her, this role onto her, and then she might start taking that up. So this is called the drama triangle and it requires us to understand, to stand under each other. It's a power role. It's about win-lose. It's about trying to control a situation, comparing, judging. And there's a lot of guilt and shame and punishment and polarity, wrong, good, bad, in that sort of role. So it's easy to play one of those roles because it's in all the movies, all the stories we hear, even in songs. If you listen to song lyrics, there's always someone who's sad, oh my goodness, someone left, and now I'm on my own and they don't love me anymore. So All of a sudden, that person's the villain when maybe it just didn't turn out. Maybe it's time to meet someone else. So I hope that answers the question. Absolutely, because I think it creates amazing awareness because we don't actually realize the influences around us. When we watch a movie, what stories we're reading, we're actually influenced from the day we're born. And that creates a reality. And that's where it's really, really important to sort of go, wow, am I just literally going from 
one role to another in the story of my reality? And is that actually helping me? Because I see it from so many different angles. For example, it could be a simple friendship thing of, oh, you didn't call or you didn't respond to that text. It could be as simple as that. All of a sudden you're the villain, they're the victim. And it's like, how do we solve this? And it happens so often that can cause unnecessary stress. And that's where we're doing the full circle of going back to how stress affects us and why Absolutely. we really talk about it. I recall you were saying one day about this amazing story when you're teaching and you noticed that the child was unhappy and crying. Can you elaborate further? Oh, one day there was a little crib and he was sitting outside his room and he was crying at these big eyes and all these big tears coming out. And I said, oh my goodness, how can I help you? What's happening? He says, oh, my friend won't play with me. So I'm thinking I'm going to be the hero here. And I say, come on, we'll go and find him. We'll find out what's happening. So along we go and we go and find this boy and this boy's running away. And in the end, I had to call him over and say, hey, I'm here to help. Just tell me what's happening. And he looked me straight in the eye and I said, so why playing with him? What's happening? And he said, he's been throwing rocks at me. So I did like a double take and looked back at the little boy who I was helping and said, well, why were you throwing rocks? And he said, because he wouldn't play with me. <laughs> so here's this boy feeling like a villain. So feeling like a victim, but then he's doing something that's interfering with someone else's boundaries, like throwing rocks and causing harm. And of course, that boy's not going to play. So they both felt like victims and they both saw each other as villains. They were just projecting that because they didn't know how to express their needs, which sort of brings me to a different section, which yeah. is why I started thinking about how to resolve this issue. And I came up with a little strategy that works really easily. That's amazing, Sandra. And this is what we're going to move into. What can we do differently in this scenario? Like how can we create a much more empowering way of living? Well, the main thing is, first of all, to recognize within yourself. I need to recognize within myself what role I'm playing. So I come to a challenge and I just check, okay, am I feeling helpless? Because a victim would be helpless. So am I feeling like I have no power or someone's got power over me? Am I feeling like I need someone to do something for me to feel safe? So you find out where is your power sitting? Are you waiting for something to change for you to be yourself? Or is that something you can do without the need for the outside world to change? And often we will feel helpless and, well, I can't do that because my partner is doing X, Y, Z. Or I can't do that because my friend always does this, so then I have to play this role. So this is where we need to step in to our own power and create those healthy boundaries and ask ourselves, am I helpless? Am I completely helpless to whatever situation you're in? So even using your example before, like a friend says, oh, you didn't call and all of a sudden sort of putting you in that role of a villain. Oh, you didn't call, so you've done a bad thing. So in that sort of situation, you would say, hold on, this is my space. I'm doing the best I can. So my intention was not to hurt someone. So what can I do in this situation? Someone can say that to me. They might always say that sort of thing. What do I have? I have the ability to respond, response, able, response, ability. I can say to them, hey, that wasn't my intention. I'm sorry you feel that way. In the future, would you like me to make sure I let you know or in the future, please know that if I get too busy, I won't be able to call you back at that time, but I promise you I'll get back to you within a couple of days. So then you create a remedy for whatever it is. 
and it takes you out of that role of villain, hero or victim because then you've been responsible, accountable for whatever it is that's happened. And it means that you stay in your power and you give them the space to stay in their power. It makes me think how often we create stories in our mind. This is a bit of a sidetrack, but how often we create stories of what may have happened and then we are actually acting on that. It's so interesting, like that story, the way you explained it kind of made me think, wow, how often we don't actually find the truth Mm -hmm. and we just act on what's in front of us and assume various stories. And, you know, I'm just so much more aware of it, like the more we talk about it, that we even create conversations about an assumption. <laughs> like a whole, Absolutely. whole the drama has unraveled about an assumption. It's just phenomenal how we can just get caught up in that story when it's not helping anyone. Absolutely. And I do find that I do that a lot myself and create those, oh, it must have been X, Y, and Z. And it's like, it was none of the above. If you actually ask, it was something altogether different. Absolutely. I love that. It seems so empowering. You mentioned the one word, which is so important. We take responsibility. Mm. That's the key here, right? We actually are responsible. Absolutely. And I like to break that word up into response able. So all I need to do is be able to respond. Because when you say responsible, people sort of think they have to take on responsibility for everyone or everything, or that it's all their fault. That word is a little bit loaded. But when I break it up and I say, all right, all I need to do is respond. So last week, my daughter had a little meltdown. And I think she was having some blueberries, the lid wasn't on, she was in the back seat. And when I break, the blueberries went all over the car. And she overreacted. And I said, okay, so there's blueberries all over the car. When we stop, just be careful when you get out of your seat. We'll pick them up, put them in the container, wash them up, and away we go. And she was still upset for a little while because, as you say, the picture in your head, she's created the story. Even though I haven't got upset, mum's going to get upset. This is going to happen. That's going to happen. So she was still in her story. So I had to repeat it maybe about three times. And then she looked at me and I'd stopped the car. We were at school by then. And I said, look at my face. What do you notice? She said, you're calm. I said, that's right. You can respond to this. All we need to do is respond. It's not your fault that the blueberries went everywhere. It's not my fault that I needed to break. It wasn't a harsh break. It happens. So now all we need is the ability to respond. And she was just nice and calm. We picked up the blueberries, washed them, and away she went. It's easy. Oh, my God. I wish I could say I do that all the time, but <laughs> so I don't. <laughs> but it is, it's just having that language with little ones. All you need to do is be able to respond. We can do it together. Yeah, there is another little story too, if that's okay. Go for it, go for it. You know how I said about getting her up in the morning and then it escalating. I've noticed I've been practicing this for about the last month since I created it. And now I hear myself saying, and it's just coming naturally, things like, okay, what can I do that will contribute to you getting to school on time? So it's gone from hurry up, hurry up to, okay, so what do you need? What do you need for me, from me? What do you need from me to help you to get to school on time? So it's no longer a question of we're going to be late, we're going to be late, hurry up. And it's changed the whole energy of the morning. So it was yeah. Wow. It's yeah. Like there's a level of empathy. You realize she has to get to school. There's a lot of things to do. And here you are, you're helping her. 
rather Absolutely. than being the villain who is rushing her to get to school when she knows she's struggling. She's got lots of things to sort of organize. Yes. And that's such an amazing way. I'm always amazed, Sandra, how when you speak to your daughter, it's just phenomenal. I feel more people need to hear that interaction. It's so amazing. It is about emotional regulation. And the reason why I think it's so important, it can transform humanity if we mm. how to regulate because that means we can interact with other human beings in a different way. Absolutely. All that unnecessary anger, hatred, and to be honest with you, just create a much peaceful environment. And I actually see that in so many adults who struggle to regulate their anger, struggle to regulate their emotions or not know how to express their emotions. And I think that's a massive, massive gap in education and development and learning. And I mm. don't even say it's part of the education system. I think there's the education system and there's something else around where the community steps in, where elders step in and where you learn from life. I think there's Absolutely. talk about not enough in the education system, but there's also life university where parents step in or elders step in or community steps in to help you navigate through it. I don't think we can expect the education system to do everything. And the workload the education system has already, this is one of the reasons why I've sort of stepped a little bit away and done things like created the women's circles and coaching circles and things like that to support families and help to go from trying to understand each other to comprehending each other. So when you understand, you have to see it from just their point of view, whereas to comprehend, you gain meaning. You're meeting people's needs. You're taking in information and you're grasping various points of view rather than just your view and their view. So then you're getting a bigger picture. And when you do that, it's easy to step out of that drama triangle and step into your own power. It's easy to create your boundaries where, hey, I'm willing to come up to here. What would you like to contribute? And maybe we're going on the same path and maybe we're not. But at least you're responsible for your part to meet your needs. I'm responsible for mine. I can contribute to you. You contribute to me. But we're both responsible, able to respond for ourselves in our own life. I love that. So having different circles to support people doing that is so important. So I absolutely agree with you in that regard with our community. Going back to that drama triangle, I realized how when it comes to boundary setting, people find it hard to create those boundaries because they're stepping into hero role. Absolutely. And I can see it in so many examples, not only in my personal life, as the rescuer, as the problem solver, in a personal setting. But I've subconsciously stepped into that hero role, which could be due to social conditioning, programming, whatever you Absolutely. want. Absolutely. But it's become a habit. And it's when you addressed it in our workshop that you carried out at Mint Clinic for Boundary Setting, really made me aware how important it is to identify how many roles you take, the three roles. That affects your boundary setting. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Wow, why am I stepping into hero? I don't need to. And, you know, the whole ethos of Mint is empowering our patients to take responsibility for their health moving away from that illness cycle of the doctor will fix you. I need to always ask someone to help me. And it's all part of the ethos of the clinic is 
empowerment. When you realize what responsibly do I take in this situation? I have no control over someone else's reality. I'm not meant to always find their solutions. We, I would love an environment where we're all coaches for each other. Absolutely. Back being that soundboard going, what would you do next? What's your Mm. next step? Because we're very quick to jump in and solve. It's something we've been conditioned to do because when you're younger, do this and you'll be a good girl or you'll be a good boy. Oh, yes. It's created right from the get-go. So that's something that I've never said, well, when I say never, of recent years, I don't say often to students, to any of my people that I'm working with, my daughter, I get away from that because what is good? Yep, In my culture, if I went to a different country, this would suit here, it wouldn't suit there. Good is, that's an opinion, it's subjective. However, I can say, you know what, that really met my needs. I really appreciate you really supported me. When you helped me with the dishes, that really supported me. Now I've got more time to play. I've got more time to do something with you. And I think that's the major key is knowing that we're here to support each other's needs. And the only reason we step into hero is because we used to be rewarded for doing things like that. There's something that I realized about the hero that sort of made me laugh at the time. But I wrote down, okay, what does my inner villain say? And I wrote that down. What does my inner victim say? And then when I got to the hero, the hero is basically just attacking the villain, defending the victim. And it actually wasn't doing anything. I don't know about it for anyone else, but for me, it had no other role but to do one of those two things. And to me, I always thought the hero is meant to save people, but really it just had power over. So sometimes a lot of mums would feel like you go to help your little one with whatever you're doing. And they're like, I'll do it myself. That's what the children will say to you because they know that that struggle is part of the learning. We get offended, like even jokingly have a giggle off. My niece used to say, do it myself. We used to have a bit of a giggle. Look at her. She wants to do it herself. Well, of course she does because they're aware that it's the struggle meeting that challenge that's going to make them stronger. So when we jump in and be the hero, we actually disempower people. And once I realized that, it was so easy to let go of that role because I have no intention of disempowering anyone. I want to see people in their power. I want to support that. And so that's why it's really easy for me to, well, I'm going to say champion people. So when I'm coaching or in the educator's role or counseling role or the women's circle or writing my books, all of my books don't have any victims, villains or heroes. That's one of the reasons I wrote those three books, because I wanted to write something that each of the characters stands in their own power. They contribute to each other. They champion each other, but they don't do it for them. They don't overpower each other. Yeah, so that's why I created another segment, which is Build the Inner Champion, which I've been working on at recent times. That's amazing. Can we talk quickly about being the victim? Yes. Because we, again, see that a lot and almost everyone steps into their role around a victim to look after the victim, calm the victim down. Okay, how do we solve this? It's almost like a sense of urgency when I see that. I love to look at it differently. How can we empower the victim to stand in their power to take a different action? There's something really funny that I do when I'm working with a group. And when someone is hurt or someone feels left out and they move out of the group, when you just see someone sort of walk away and they're on their own and they're crying or they're upset, what I do is I get the entire group to come with me to check on them and cheer them up first. So then what happens is automatically that person who feels like the victim gets seen, heard, and whatever 
they were experiencing sort of tends to come to the front without victimising anyone and without vilifying anyone, I mean. And then the person who hurt them, let's say, and this is talking about children, the person who hurt them, because they were part of the cheering up, they were already part of the remedy, then it's easy for them to say what happened without attacking the other person. Makes sense. So with the victim, the main thing is to make sure that they feel heard and seen rather than to fix it first. What do you need to feel better and give them the space? Sometimes they just need space. Sometimes they need time. And as best you can, you give them that. Then once they're in that position where they can speak for themselves, so they're out of that fight or flight, once they feel safe enough out of that fight or flight situation, then you usually hear the true story and you're able to get them to go up to whoever it was who attacked them or hurt them in whichever way and get them to say to that person, hey, that really hurt and I'm not going to allow that to happen again. If it does happen again, I'm going to move away or I'm going to get someone to come and support me to make sure it stops. So then you're getting the victim out of that victim state making them recognize you're there to support them, they don't have to feel like the victim, and showing them, giving them a strategy of how to deal with that pain and how to make sure it doesn't happen again. So then you're empowering them. Absolutely love it. That's amazing to sort of like coming towards our end of the podcast. Thank you so much for your time, Sandra. This has been so insightful. I feel like we can talk about this for a long time. (laughs) So many examples to talk about. Where can people find you? The best place is probably just on Instagram, Sandra Harwood Books. Send me a message and that would be great. Fantastic. Thank you so much for today, Sandra. You're very welcome. And I also do to at the Dojo Eltham Martial Arts Centre. The women's circles will be happening once a month there Amazing. from here on. So thank you. Remember that this is general advice only. Please see your healthcare professional for more information. So what's your take-home message today? Remember, it's all about progress and not perfection. And are you suffering from stress? Visit the Usawa Learning Hub on usawa.com.au for more resources on how to de-stress, re-energize and reclaim your health. Enjoy the journey.